You're listening to the Driving Confidence Podcast for drivers who want to be calm and confident on the road. We will be sharing tips, stories and advice to beat driving nerves and anxiety and build your driving confidence. Whether you are just starting out as a learner or have had your driving license for years, if you want to transform how you feel about driving, this podcast is for you. So in today's episode, we're welcoming on Priya Tu, who is a specialist dietitian and nutritionist and helps people to heal their relationship with food. Now, you might have seen Priya on TV shows such as How to Eat Well for Less. And she's also the author of two books, The Dash Diet and The Complete Low FODMAP Diet Plan. So welcome, Priya. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome. And it's nice to meet you as well. So it's uh, a bit exciting. Yeah, I've been talking (laughs) about this for ages and we're so grateful to you for giving up some time for us today because we know how busy you've been. It's taken a little while for us to get to this recording. So yeah, it's great. Thank you. You're so welcome. I mean, I did have a quick honeymoon in the middle of it all as well, which didn't help. You did, and it looked amazing on your social media stories. So I hope you hope you came fully refreshed and ready because you've been busy ever since you got back, haven't you? I have. I have thoroughly recommend Italy, though. Brilliant. Yeah, it's on. It's on our to do list. list. Yeah, we would love to go. So let's start it with a little bit of context just for everybody listening. The whole idea why we wanted to talk to you was we've had several episodes where we've been looking at the topic of mystery driving anxiety. And what we mean by that is we often will have people come to us who've been driving for years and then suddenly out of the blue is the way they describe it. They're driving and they're hit by anxiety and then that turns into an anxiety around driving. So we started to explore some of the potential reasons why people might be experiencing anxiety. And so in the past, we've spoken to people about sleep and about hormones and emotions and general life stress. And we were really keen to speak to somebody that we trusted about nutrition so that we could find out a little bit more about the possible links between the things that you're eating and drinking and anxiety. Amazing. Sounds good. So um, my first question is, is there any research that's been done that says if you drink this or if you eat this, this could potentially cause you problems while you're driving. Myth busters almost. Is there anything that says, if you do this, this will happen? I haven't seen anything that's specifically related to driving, but we do know that there are certain things that are going to increase your heart rate and potentially put you more on edge. For example, caffeine is the obvious one, isn't it? If you have too much caffeine, it's going to give you the jitters. You're going to potentially actually feel more anxious and more stressed. Alcohol can have the same effect, although hopefully nobody is drinking and driving. That's not the best thing. Um, But also energy drinks. So sometimes people might give themselves an energy drink in order to have a boost. And then we can have that same impact. We've got the caffeine in there that also could make people feel, feel more on edge and have more anxiety and actually feel a bit more nervous after they've had the energy drink. And then I think the other big link would be sugar. So some people may be into the habit of, oh, I'll just have a quick snack. 
to give me a boost. We all want that boost in our energy levels, don't we? And we can sometimes get caught in that trap of having a bit more sugar that causes our blood sugar levels to rise up. We sometimes call this spike, if you think of a sharp peak on a mountain, and then they come crashing back down again because we haven't got the balance of nutrition with the protein, the fat, and the fiber to help stabilize things. And you end up on this sugar roller coaster. And so, you know, if you imagine you've had the sugar in order to give you the energy boost before you get into the car, maybe that gives you a bit of energy in order to get going. And then 20 minutes later, the impact of that sugar is going to wear off and potentially then you're going to get that crash. You might then happen to have a cereal bar in your pocket or, you know, have your car snacks with you, dive into those and that roller coaster could go on. So I think that's one thing to be really aware of, that actually nutrition is quite complex, but also we can make it fairly simple that if we stick to a fairly regular eating schedule and we're having a balanced meal and balanced snack, and by that I mean don't just rely on your snack being a banana, but add some nuts into it. So we've got that lovely fruit there. We've also got the protein coming in, which is going to help stabilize our blood sugars, when you're having your meals, you know, make sure you've got your balance of your preferably whole grain carbohydrates, you've got your, your protein, you've got your fruit, your vegetables, you've got your fats in there, your healthy fats as well. And that's going to help you in terms of your energy levels, your mood, your concentration, and also that sense of overall wellness. So hopefully those are some tips that might help there. There's loads of tips there. <laughs> Why does he start me talking? I don't stop. That's the problem. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. That's what we want. That's what we want. It strikes me that with the way we're set up for driving on journeys is that you go in the garage and what's in front of you is all of those things that you've just said. So you've got yeah. energy drinks. You've now got your coffee on the go. It's full of chocolate bars and cereal bars. This is the way things are set up, isn't it? At service stations, at garages. These are the things we tend to go for when we're driving. It's so true, isn't it? It's it. That's what's on offer when you walk into there. And even if there's a flapjack bar, it's usually one that's laden with sugar. You can yeah. now get some other options. So there are some lower sugar kind of nut bars out there. There's a certain range that can be quite good. And for example, you get the little packs of mixed nuts and seeds or the flavored nuts, bags of popcorn. Popcorn Popcorn's actually a whole grain. So that's yeah. pretty good as well. So I think it's being a little bit aware and trying to eyeball and kind of pick out actually, right, out of all of this chaos in front of me, what are the things that I can have? Or do I need to make sure that I've stocked up beforehand and I've got my bag of dried fruit and mixed nuts that I keep in the side door of the car? You know, being prepared isn't always an option, but sometimes you could plan that into your shopping ahead of time. And I think one of the things I didn't mention earlier was actually the impact of fasting. So if you actually don't eat, then that could be a problem in terms of your concentration, your anxiety levels as well, and your tiredness. So whilst I'm saying be careful what you're snacking on, the other message is also do keep snacking, not every half an hour, but you know when you're getting that energy dive down, thinking actually, okay, I'm driving, I, I need my concentration, I need my wits about me, it is a good idea to make sure I'm having a snack as well. See, that's, re that's really interesting because 
I'm the driving instructor, so I'm sitting in the car for a certain amount of time all day long. But what I tend to do, and I've changed probably recently, is have regular breaks and try not to snack during those breaks. But we all know that's not possible sometimes. So just being prepared and having something that you could do, most people will go for the coffee. That is the big thing that I notice with people is they drink coffee all day mm. long. And it, it seems like, well, I have a coffee because it makes me more aware. But it could be having the, the reverse of that, couldn't it, really, if you're having too much coffee? Yeah, you could be over-caffeinating, which actually then is going to make you feel anxious because of the impact of the caffeine on your body. So that is also something to be really conscious about. So it can be good to alternate. I've had a coffee. Now let's make sure I have some water. Um, some people will do the trick of switching over at lunchtime to decaf. They've had the caffeine in the morning and then they switch over and they have the decaf options, um, herbal uh -huh. teas. Sometimes it's actually almost a psychological impact of having that warm drink can be the thing uh -huh. that's helpful. I know when I'm sat at my desk, I'm always looking for a warm drink. So I switch myself over to having you know, a peppermint tea or a chamomile tea instead. And I'm still getting that lovely, cozy feeling um, that I think helps me feel more awake and alive, but I haven't got the caffeine in there. And the caffeine would give you the spike and then it would bring you back down again, is that? It's not a spike in the sugar levels. It's it's the impact of the caffeine in your body. So if you think about the impact of alcohol in your body, it's it's fairly similar. You know, with alcohol, right, we see. get we get that, well, whatever it is for you, you get that kind of alcohol rush, that boost, and then that's going to wear off. And it's the same with the caffeine. It can definitely increase your alertness and your concentration and all of those things and your energy levels as well. But if you have too much of it, you're going to get too much of a surge. And then we can almost, you can almost end up jittery from having too much caffeine. I'm just going to jump in here to let you know about our Drive Calm journal. We've created a 12-week prompt journal to support our listeners to take action and improve driving confidence. The journal includes questions, prompts and exercises to create an action plan and an opportunity for reflection afterwards. Search Drive Calm on Amazon to take a look. We hope it helps. And then what's happening then is depending on what food and drink you're having, your body is then sending messages to your brain. And then it's all about how you interpret those messages. So I think sometimes for somebody with that mystery driving anxiety, their body's sent them a message potentially because they're wired from caffeine or they're having a sugar dip, but they don't know how to interpret it. And they interpret it as, oh, I don't feel right. I'm anxious. And so they attribute it to the driving as opposed to thinking, oh, hang on a minute. I didn't eat breakfast or I had too much caffeine or I've eaten too many sweets or something. Mm. Yeah, I just well, think it's a really good thing for people to be uh, conscious of yeah. and aware of. Mm. I think so. And I think we can't underestimate the impact of nutrition, but also of our entire lifestyle. So I sometimes talk to people about our stress and anxiety levels being like a water butt. And throughout the day, the water butt fills up with everything that's going on around life. It might be that you got 
stressed with the children at breakfast time and then a deadline's come in and then you've had an argument with somebody you know and the, the levels of stress just keep going up and up and up and at some point they're going to overflow now if we've got strategies built into place where throughout our day throughout our week we're letting a little bit of that stress out we're undoing the valve at the bottom of the water butt and a little bit is just coming out then we're not going to overflow is the idea And the way we do that is by having these lifestyle factors in play where we might be taking time to sit and read a book. We might be doing some meditation. I'm rubbish at meditation, so that one always irritates me slightly. Um, I'm the kind of person who makes sure I get outside every day and I walk away from my phone and I observe what's going on. So I do the same walk and I look at, right, what's that garden like today? What do the trees look like? And that has a really calming impact on me personally it could be doing a jigsaw puzzle or crafting but all of those things help us in terms of bringing down our overall levels of stress and anxiety which then if you're about to do something like stressful that you know go for a driving lesson I remember how stressful I found that um you're going to feel calmer aren't you if you've just had those lifestyle factors in play overall yeah definitely and it really is about looking at all the different factors because they're all linked aren't they they're all linked like you you've mentioned the food the drink and we've talked about sleep before and how that affects us so again this is like a lifestyle isn't it yes it it really is a lifestyle it is a lifestyle and obviously i focus more on the nutrition because that's what i do but when i work with someone we will bring all of those factors into play we'll look at not just their nutrition but you know what their hydration is like what their sleep is like and what is the impact on their nervous system so how wired are they how jittery are they and is that an impact of the stress on their life or what they're going through or is that an impact of what they're eating and drinking and how are we going to work on bringing that down overall using some practical strategies talking loads i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) but is it sort of like a trial and error then so maybe we we try coffee in the mornings but then stop and then at the end of the day just reflect on how we felt through the day or is it something you can you have to write down or what's the Mm. best way of doing this is it trial and error or is there a different way of doing this it's a bit of both i would say it's a really good idea to write down what you have to eat and drink for a few days now you don't want to get pulled into the obsessiveness of tracking this all the time it's literally write it down for three days just so that you can look it over because quite often we have things and we forget about them then we they say that when you ask somebody to write a food diary like this they tend to under report what they have by about a factor of 10 percent Okay, so you might even do that yourself when you're writing it down just for you to look at. But writing it down gives us a really good global overview. Well, actually, how many cups of coffee do I have? Where is the sugar in my diet? And by any means, I'm not saying that sugar is bad. I've actually just had a piece of cake before coming on doing this. So, you know, sugar (laughs) is still a vital part of our diet. We want foods that bring us pleasure. But what did I have with it? When I had those biscuits, what did I have with them? 
okay, maybe I could have balanced that a little bit more. So when we're thinking about snacks, I always think if you're having something sweet, then we want to have something that is either whole grain or something that is high in fiber or something that has got the protein to help bring the balance in there so you don't get this mountain and then crash effect going on. So definitely writing everything down, seeing if you can have a little look and then thinking, right, okay, what can I do to improve this? That's where the trial and error then comes in. If you're thinking, oh, I'm not sure. Have I got too much caffeine? I've got five cups of coffee a day. Mm, Is that too many? Let's just try cutting it down to four. Do I feel any different? What's the impact? If you're working with somebody on a one-to-one basis like me, then it's not so much trial and error because we'll be able to give you a little bit of guidance and advice. That's the point, isn't it? Got the experience there. But if you're doing this yourself, yes, there will be some trial and error in that. So from a driving instructor's point of view, um, we get people that have driving tests, obviously. And one of the things that I recommend and we recommend from confident drivers is to have a banana. What's is what happens when you have a banana? Is it something that will help you feel less nervous? I think this is probably an old wives' tale, to be honest. <laughs> Bananas just seem to have something around them. Like doctors quite often used to tell my patients to have a banana. Um, so I mean bananas are great, don't get me wrong, but I think there's plenty of other things that you could have. Bananas mm-hmm. that maybe get used because you know we see tennis players used to have bananas, didn't they? They are going to give you some energy, they're going to give you some magnesium, they're going to give you some potassium, they've got some fiber in them. So it's not bad advice to have a banana unless you don't like bananas or you can't get a hold of one, I guess. Um <laughs> So I think it's really good advice to say, have a snack, have something to eat um, that is quite balanced. It could be that you have an apple and some almonds or you have um, some cheese and crackers. It, It doesn't have to be that it's specifically the banana, but I love the advice of actually have a snack, make sure that your tummy is full and settled and you're not thinking about that because when we're hungry... We instantly think about food that's going to take your mind off what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. And it takes the mind off the task that you're trying to do, but it's like, um, my stomach's rumbling. And that's yeah. what you hear, isn't it? That's what you, and it's like, oh, I wonder what, I wonder what, oh. and yeah. all of a what sudden. What am I going to have for lunch? Yeah. <laughs> the thoughts go off, don't they? And it's like, oh, okay. And that is one that we get asked all of the time. And, and I often say, as long as you like bananas, because I do think <laughs> if somebody's trying to, eat bananas and we do hear of people before driving tests eating several bananas so not just one banana they're they're eating bananas to try and avoid the anxiety and i just always think that's going to make you feel nauseous and that's going to make you Mm. more anxious so um i mean a a nice tip might be to to eat your banana but to really focus on it and to eat it very mindfully so that means you know slowing your breathing down, really focusing on the task that's in front of you, chewing each mouthful well, noticing the taste, the flavor, the smell, and all of that can really help ground you so that you feel more in your body, less in your nervous thoughts, and then you go into that driving test a little bit calmer. Yeah, I think that's brilliant advice. It's good. Yeah. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm sure there's, again, even people that are not going driving tests, but other areas of driving as well. So Yeah. And then another one is 
what would be a good thing to eat the night before a driving test? So what would be a good meal in order to get a good night's sleep? This is quite a personal one, I think, because we do all work differently. For most people, I would suggest don't eat too close to bedtime because the digestive process can keep you awake. If your stomach is still digesting and food's still moving through your system, then potentially that could stop you from going to sleep. Other people just go to sleep straight after a meal and they're fine. So I think really thinking about you and how you respond to food, I would go from something that is tried and tested, that you know you like, that you know you tend to get a good night's sleep after it, that you feel good in the morning. Um, You don't want to be trying out a new curry recipe the night before, do you? Um, So potentially it could be that you have a meal of pasta with some vegetables and a nice tomatoey sauce and some cheese on top. So something that feels nourishing and comforting, but it's going to have that balance again of your protein, your carbohydrate, your fruit and your vegetables in there. And it's also going to be filling enough so that you're not then half an hour before you go to bed going, mm, don't think I quite had enough. What should I have now? Yeah, I think if you do get to that point, then a bowl of cereal is always quite a good option before you go to bed. Having a little bit of cereal or in our house, it's always yogurt. Have some have some yogurt if you're still hungry just before bedtime. Yeah. Well, you've answered loads of my questions and I know some of my students are going to be saying, I really enjoyed that. Look what I'm doing now. But I think it's about the lifestyle, isn't it? This is what I'm getting from from the sleep and the food that you've mentioned. It's It's about looking at the lifestyle first really, rather than waiting to the last minute. Yeah. And that, yes, definitely food, the things that you eat and the things you drink could be a cause mm. or a, a contributing factor to yeah. anxiety. So it's well worth bearing that in mind. So Priya, you mentioned your own driving lessons and we'd like to ask our guests, what did they find most difficult when it came to learning to drive. So moving away from the food now, casting your mind back, what did you find most difficult when learning to drive? Well, my driving instructor was very patient. His name was Kevin. And he actually had to stick stickers in the car that said right and left. Because I really struggled with knowing which way. And he would tell me to take the next turning on the right. And I would panic. Because I mean, I I don't know which way is right. So I think for me, that was a a really big thing. Um, And then I remember um, reversing around corners as being quite a big one and parallel parking as well. And just getting the confidence. In actual fact, I was fine at it. But when you're first learning, it feels really scary to have to do that. And then, you know, all these years later, actually, it's absolutely fine. Don't even really think about it. You just pull into a parking space, don't you? job done i know it's amazing isn't it it's how i mean learning any new skill makes you feel nervous until you master it and get it under your belt lovely prayer when we first asked you to come on and we we asked this you know seemingly random question about can you come and talk about driving anxiety and you were probably thinking driving anxiety i do nutrition (laughs) Was there anything that you thought, oh, I hope they ask me this or I'd really like to mention something? Is there anything that we haven't covered? 
I don't think so. I think we've done a really good um, go over the area. I think I would summarize and say one of my top tips to everyone is always to try and plan. The more planning you can get into your nutrition, sometimes the better, although we can over plan. But, you know, if you can at least meal plan and have your shopping list sorted and knowing what snacks you're going to have, like I can tell you in my family diary, I write out still the meals for the week in there. It's for nobody else's benefit other than mine so that I know it's taken the stress out of my planning. And my husband has an idea. He tends to do the shopping of what I want. And I do the same with things for packed lunches. I plan a few days in advance so that we've got everything we need in the house just to bring the stress and the anxiety down around that. And if you're struggling with the idea of what does a balanced meal look like, how do I meal plan? I have a free downloadable resource on my website that actually talks you through how to meal plan. So that might be of interest to people because, again, just having somebody walk you through it can be quite useful, I think. Yeah, perfect. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much for sparing us the time. And uh, it's been lovely to meet you. Yeah, thank you so much, Priya. Thank you. And I'm just jumping in at the end here, as we forgot to say that all of Priya's social media details and website details are in the show notes, as always. Thank you for listening. Find out about the different ways that you can work with us on our website, www.confidentdrivers.co.uk and begin to transform the way you feel about driving. 